Um, it's great, isn't it, to, to be celebrating. You know, there's some wonderful days in the Christian calendar where we can really celebrate all that God's done for us. And Easter Day has got to be the highest of those, isn't it? Because it is so central to everything that we believe as uh, Christians. Now, um, today I want to talk about the theme of hidden meanings. And so we've got our first slide up. And uh, many of us will have seen uh, a sign something like this. One hour parking, customer parking only. Um, some of us may have seen it and uh, chosen to ignore it. Some of us may have chosen to ignore it and got away with it. Some of us may even got a parking fine, I don't know. I won't ask you to put your hand up if you have had a parking fine uh, before. Um, but it's fairly obvious, isn't it, the meaning of that sign. If we have the next sign up, um, I'm sure we all recognise what that means. But maybe the first time we saw it, we weren't so clear um, what it meant. In fact, there was one, one person who was particularly con, uh, confused about this. He only wanted to go shopping for 10 minutes. He parked up, went shopping, and felt he need, needed to stay away from his car for a whole hour before he returned um, to collect his car. And so sometimes uh, signs can be misleading or we fail to fully understand what they're saying. Sometimes the meaning of something can be so obvious it's staring us in the face, but we still miss the point. So we've got a few, things, a few scenarios here of people slightly missing the point. So we've got the first one up there. Watch your step. And this guy's actually just stood there watching the step. Second one, get in a flap. That woman there actually is in the cat flap by the look of it. And then uh, thirdly, be part of the furniture. And then fourthly, Want to put your feet up? How about coffee cake? Look after number one. I'm actually looking after a number one. So kind of missing the point a bit. But sometimes, you know, I know, I know realize they're hyperbole, but actually there can be situations in which we actually miss the point of what's been said. And uh, just want to give you a little opportunity for a bit of competition here. So um, I don't know if you want to get into the talk to the people next to you, but we've got some, uh, um, what do they call them? It's gone from me. Dingbats, that's the one. D- dingbats here. So do you want to just talk to the person next to you, see if you can work those out. I'll give you a couple of minutes and then uh, we'll go through them. Yeah. Okay, so um, I don't know what happened here, but there you go. Um, so uh, all the answers are up there, in fact. So uh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Never mind. Never mind. The answers have appeared suddenly. Um, but there you go. So um, you can see that uh, th- for those, those images or pictures, it's not as obvious, is it? You see them, you have to think about it, and then you understand it. And so we won't go through each of those. I won't, we won't do the competition on that one. Sorry, folks, those of you who wanted to do that bit. Um, but it... The reason I share this is because I want us to think about the cross, that actually many of us um, have seen a cross, we know what the cross is, maybe we wear the cross around our neck, maybe we have a cross hanging in our uh, house, but what does it actually mean? Why is the cross so important to Christians? Why do some people hang one around their necks? Why are some churches, particularly bigger churches, built in the shape of a cross? Well, uh, a couple of things here as well that we use uh, crosses for. So firstly, if we have the first slide up. And the next one again, Anissa. Um, We use crosses, don't we, 
for saying something's wrong. I don't know if you remember back to your school days and uh, you came to your maths book and there were lots of sums wrong and there were big red crosses. I don't think teachers use red pens so much these days, do they? Um, but be, seeing big, big uh, crosses on your work, showing that you'd got something wrong. Um, but also, crosses are used, next one, to express love. So sometimes we'll draw crosses, won't we, at the end of a card or a letter to express our love for each other. And there's something here, isn't there, about actually God's love for us, that the cross, we've all done things wrong. All of us have made mistakes. All of us uh, have committed sin, as the Bible uses that phrase. All of us have fallen short of God's glory. And yet, God loves us. And that's what the cross is about. It holds together God's love, but also the fact that we've done things wrong. And the cross pays for all that we've done wrong. Now, I'm probably not telling any of you anything new this morning. And here's one of the challenges, I think, for those of us who've been in churches for many years, is we can sometimes lose the wonder and the amazement of the cross, of what God has done for us. And so at this point, I want us to think about a particular phrase or word that's used in the passage we heard this morning. And this is from Luke chapter 24, verse 12. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, and here's the key word, wondering to himself what had happened. And this word wondering, you know, is not just a case of, oh, I wonder what's happened here. There's a much deeper sense of this word. In fact, it can be translated in different ways from the Greek. It can be translated wonder, amazement, marvel and gaze. Wonderful pictures of how we want to approach the cross of Jesus. To wonder is to admire. In fact, this word occurs 46 times in the New Testament and 12 of which are in Luke's writings in both his gospel and the book of Acts. And we see in Luke's gospel a number of occurrences of this word. If we go on a couple of um, slides, Anita, please. Um, so Luke 24, 12, and then move on again to the next one. So Luke chapter 2, verse 33. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. They marveled. And then Luke four twenty-two, All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked. And then Luke... 11.14, Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. When the demon left, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowd was amazed. And so here are some words that are used of Jesus that he created a response of amazement. And so my question to us is, are we amazed at Jesus? Day by day in our life and our journey with him, are we amazed by what he does in our lives? Are we amazed by what he does in the lives of others? Are we amazed when we read the Gospels anew and think, wow, wow, God is good. This morning as I was praying, I was walking around the park and I just sensed God say to me, Josh, the Lord wants to do a new thing. He wants to do a new thing. You know, God is not simply the God of what's been, but he's also the God of what is to come. And he has got a passion for us to experience the new things of him. You know, the psalmist writes, doesn't he? Sing a new song unto the Lord. And what's interesting in Luke's gospel, as he follows through, and we look at this word, amazed, 
or marvel or wonder that Jesus actually uses this word about someone else. And I think that's amazing that the Son of God, the King of the universe, uses the word wonder about someone else. Who is this other person? This other person is a centurion. Luke chapter 7 verse 9 we read this. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And what was he amazed at? He was amazed at the faith of the centurion. And the faith was a very simple faith. It was a faith of obedience. He said to Jesus, if I tell this soldier to do something, he does it. You tell me, Jesus, what to do. I will do it. And I know that it will have impact. And so it's a simple faith, but it's an obedient faith. And Jesus was amazed by that faith in the centurion. And so again, I ask us this morning, I ask you all this morning, I ask myself, are you amazed by God? Are you amazed by Jesus? And do you think that Jesus is amazed by you? It's a bit more challenging, that question, isn't it? It's a challenge to me. You know, is, is Jesus amazed by my faith, my obedience, my desire to pursue the things of him? I pray that I grow into that, that I draw near, as we've been focusing on this term, that I draw near to him and I grow in my uh, ability to me- amaze God, not because I just want to amaze him and, and, and sort of uh, think, wow, look at me, Jesus is amazed at me, but because actually I want to draw near to him, I want to know him better, I want to experience more of his life. And for those of you who've got baptised this morning, Sally, Nate, and uh, Olive, and for Ben and Kat as well, let me encourage you, pursue a life that seeks to be amazed by God. And also a life that amazes God. You know, life is too short not to take risks. Life is too short not to give God our everything. It's so easy to get comfortable, so easy to uh, sit back and let life pass us by. But let's press in to all that God has for us. And finally, I want to bring one more cross before us. If we go to the next slide. And this is uh, the cross of the crossroads, a warning sign that a crossroads is about to come. And the fact is, when we come to a crossroads, we have a choice. Each one of us has a choice. We have a choice which way we go. Some of us might think, well, actually, I'm just sitting here, I'm just letting life go by. But actually, you have a choice to decide what you want to do with your life And that choice ultimately is about whether we follow Jesus or not. And so let me ask firstly, is there anyone here this morning who has never actually made that decision to follow Jesus? And let me say to you, why not choose Jesus? Jesus makes this stark claim, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only one who can give us fullness of life. And Jesus promises us life after death. Without Jesus, there is no life. There is no life following death. But with Jesus, there is life for the future. For those of us who have known the Lord for many years, where are you in your journey? Are you just passively allowing life to flow by you? Or are you choosing to follow his way? Are you choosing on that crossroad to go forward with him? Or are you veering somewhere else? Well, the amazing thing is about God, that he loves us. 
He's always forgiving. If we do mess up, he welcomes us back. He forgives us. But we are called to make that choice. So are you making that choice at the moment to follow him? Will you choose this morning uh, another translation of that word, wonder? Will you choose to gaze upon Jesus? Will you gaze upon the cross and think, Jesus, you've accomplished this amazing thing for me and I choose to live for you. Hidden meanings, so often things can be so obvious, but we lose the meaning because it becomes familiar. Have we lost the meaning of the cross or are we reflecting on it and allowing ourselves to be amazed and in wonder of that? Are we choosing his way at that crossroad?